another episode of Polar Times, the podcast that brings you science and stories from literally the coolest places on the planet. You are here with me, Alexandra Zur, and on today's episode, I am joined by Ronja Gronemeyer and Hannah Knall. Yes, I have two guests today. Ronja and Hannah are part of another podcast team. Their podcast, which is called ISO24, was released last year in December as an advert calendar. And this year, they are continuing their podcast project with a new podcast called Climbing Climate. We talk about their way to making a podcast in the beginning, how to advertise and distribute a podcast, what the motivation of their podcast is, and what topics they want to communicate to the general public. We also chat about how making the podcast influences their studies and how it motivates them to actually perform climate science already on a master level. Ronja and Hannah also talk about what is special about doing a podcast and also what are the challenges of doing a podcast. So it's all about climate change, especially in the polar regions, which they are going to highlight because their first podcast is an ice core, which is going back in time as we continue to go towards the Christmas. And it's about the urge of communicating climate change to the general public. And as always, if you have any questions, if you'd like to get in contact with us, ask a question for a polar person or recommend a guest, you can always email us at thesearepolartimes at gmail.com. You can also tweet Apex at polar underscore research, or you can just leave us a message. And with this, let's just jump directly into the podcast with Ronja and Hannah. Enjoy this episode. Hello, you're here with me, Alexandra, again. And on today's episode, I have Ronja Gronemeyer and Hannah Knall. Welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks for having us. I'm good. How are you? In the first bit of the podcast, we like to get to know you, our guests, a bit more. We call it the icebreaker. So just uh, tell us a bit about yourself, how you came to the polar world and uh, what your background is. Yeah, hi, I'm Hannah. I'm uh, studying physics at the University of Bremen. And um, actually, we are a group of uh, six uh, master's students or already PhD students who are doing a podcast together. And we all got to know each other in Bremen, actually. And Ronja is with me he uh, today here. And yeah, she also studies physics. Oh, has studied physics she yes. already finished <laughs> already Sorry. finished is good i finished my master last month and started my phd this month so i'm very freshly finished hannah you said that you studied environmental physics what is the difference between environmental physics and a normal physics master's degree mm, yeah well 
physics is actually a very wide field. I think many people don't know that. They think physics, yeah, well, it's just physics. <laughs> But uh, there are a lot of different topics like uh, mechanics, <laughs> thermodynamics, optics, electrodynamics, solid states physics, nuclear physics, astrophysics, and so on and so forth. There are a lot of different fields and uh, environmental physics is a specialized physics, I would say. Um, and it's the physics of the planet Earth's climate system. And it uh, combines many different findings from all kinds of fields uh, from physics and like takes the things you need to describe the climate system. For example, you need fluid dynamics to describe the ocean currents or high pressure systems. You need nuclear physics and electrodynamics for Uh, calculating energy budgets or to describe how polar lights uh, evolve. And for example, if you want to measure something in the climate system, you need physics as well. Lasers, for example, um, are used to measure particles in the atmosphere. So it's already kind of an applied physics program. Can you say it like this? Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so, yes. I think it's more um, more applied physics and theoretical physics, at least um, the master in Bremen, right? Do all of your group uh, study environmental physics in Bremen or are you spread across different uh, study programs? Mm, actually, well, Ronja and I uh, studied physics uh, and we did a lot of courses in environmental physics and all the others studied environmental physics. And this is also how we met. Before we did yeah, all kind of different things <laughs> and after too. <laughs> yeah, it started out with one elective course in environmental physics um, for Hannah and me. And then I think I did like 12 extra credit points in environmental physics because it was interesting. And Hannah did even more, I think. <laughs> so we did like a quarter of a um, environmental physics master on top or something because yeah, it was very interesting for us. Yeah, I guess it's a special thing about the physics that you don't have this uh, theoretic part, but also some of the applied stuff. And uh, if you're interested in climate, then there's, of course, a wide range where you can actually use your knowledge also. But you're not here today about your physics studies. You're here because you have your own podcast. That's very special that uh, I'm into interviewing someone who has a podcast as well. <laughs> How did you get to your podcast idea? Yeah, I think it started off um, with Carol. Um, she came across this cold region cool effects context. Um, that's a part of the Apex Germany. And it's kind of a creative outreach project in the field of polar science. Yeah, and she saw that I think last October and brainstormed with Yannick, a second member of a group, and they had the idea of something with an ice core project, which was loosely linked to Caro's master project on that time. And she knew that I had just started a new side job um, at the science block at the University of Bremen and that I was very excited about science communication on that point. Yeah, um, so she asked me to join, and I suggested to ask Hannah too, this center, who is really into creative projects and climate topics. Yeah, and Hannah and I really liked the idea of making a podcast. I think, I don't know when that started, but it was already something we liked. And so the idea of a podcast at 
that calendar was born. <laughs> yeah, and um, it was very great to have this project together when the second lockdown started and we as a group of friends couldn't meet in person anymore. So, yeah. And then for one episode, we interviewed Hannah Meyer about her field trip to the Arctic during her studies. And yeah, we got along so well with her. And she was also so enthusiastic about the project that we spontaneously invited her to join too. Yeah, and <laughs> that's how the group <laughs> formed. Um, yeah, and I think the topic is especially so relevant for us since our generation will fully witness the impact on the polar regions that the anthropogenic climate change will cause in this century. So yeah, so it's, yeah, it's kind of our history. Nice. So you're five people in total in the podcast project? Or how Now we are six. Uh, we grew a little bit. <laughs> um, Richard um, came to join us. He's also studying with us and he heard about our um, project and Yeah, he now wants to join for our next podcast project. That's super nice. What was the decision in the end to produce a podcast for the contest? Um, and maybe can you also just say a bit uh, something about what was the contest about and what did you submit in the end? And if you also want something. That's a good question. Why we chose to do a podcast. I actually can't remember I think you and I, we just like the idea of making a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we just wanted to do a podcast. Ah, I think maybe because um, I started last uh, summer to learn for exams by uh, via recording um, what I've learned so far and to listen to it again to uh, like uh, learn it better. And uh, yes. and I sent those messages <laughs> around and uh, asked, okay, can you say that uh, this way? Is that correct? And um, yeah, so we we learned for this exam and it um, worked quite well. And maybe this was why we wanted to do a podcast because it's also, if you speak, you can transport so much more information than if you write because writing takes a lot of time and um, you cannot bring emotions into writing so well uh, it's easier to speak yeah i think that's actually how it started because um Hannah and i made this woody hart exam it was theoretical advanced theoretical physics and a lot of Cranton mechanics and um yeah we made these um 10 to 15 minutes um, audio memos for each other and really that really helped me because it's kind of a dry sometimes kind of a dry topic and then with Hannah's voice um, I kind of motivated myself to look again <laughs> at the formulas <laughs> and take a deeper look and also it was good to for the general understanding instead of just seeing the details to get the overall picture so we kind of divided the topics which Hannah liked better and I liked better and became experts and exchanged with each other and I think we did a pretty good job at least um, in the end <laughs> we understood most of it maybe that's actually how we got the idea of the podcast that's true I totally forgot about it until you just yeah me too <laughs> just so thanks for asking Alex <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's just another way of getting information into your head if it's not via your eye and via reading, but listening to it, it always makes a difference. 
And everyone has its favorite way of learning, I think. And I'm just really an audio person. I, um, yeah, really like getting things told. <laughs> and what was your uh, podcast about? It was about uh, ice cores. <laughs> and um, this was like our main topic. Like we wanted to tell something about ice cores and what uh, information you can draw from it and how you drill ice cores. And then we also had some um, yeah, general information about um, climate science and um, special topics um, out of the climate science, which uh, we were very interested in. And um, so we had this concept of uh, going down an ice core step by step. Um, we began at the uh, top and were like, okay, where do we find ice cores? <laughs> and uh, began to drill it. And then um, layer by layer, we saw what, we, uh, um, what information we can extract from them. They were very different. Like um, we wanted to keep a variety, so it's more for like families, not so for grown-ups, but some were more for kids. So we had an interview with Ira, Ice Bear, and Pia Penguin, <laughs> <laughs> as a um, special for the sixth of December. Um, so yeah, we also tried to keep it fun and light, not too serious, but in the meantime, deliver some knowledge. And are you also working in the polar science areas or how did you come to the knowledge of the climate information contained in an ice core? Not all of us are working in a polar context. So for myself, I can say that I'm working with tropical um, convection. So that's kind of different topic. Yeah. So um, I kind of had to learn the things myself, even if I knew like the physical backgrounds and the physical basics. So which made it maybe even easier to um, yeah, explain it. Because if you're too familiar with it, then it's hard to explain it to someone who doesn't have all the background knowledge. So if you go there step by step yourself to understand it, Sometimes it makes it even easier to explain it in a way that someone outside of science can understand it. So it took extra time, but I think it was worth it, at least for me. Anna? Yeah, definitely. I'm also not that a big polar region expert, or at that time I wasn't. I'm now um, doing um, my master thesis in uh, modeling and modeling the Antarctic climate. But our um, ice cores experts, I would say, were uh, Caro and Hannah, because Caro was uh, doing her master project on ice cores and dating ice cores. And Hannah also already went um, to the field, uh, to Greenland, for example. And um, so there we had some expertise and um, all of our background knowledge from our master's programs. You think it was kind of a good mix. That sounds really interesting, your backgrounds. And I think it's also a benefit if you're not from one field because people from different fields often have different views on, on the information which you can share and which are relevant for the audience as well. What was the main point of making the podcast? What was the good part of making the podcast and what was maybe the bad part or the bad sides? So you all met during your master programs and now you all spread across this different topics from tropical cloud formation or what was it? Yes, uh, <laughs> that's quite it. Um, to different fields from polar regions and Antarctica. 
Did you in the beginning already intend to continue in science and uh, going towards a PhD? Or was it just uh, an outcome of getting into science communication with the podcast? Personally, I wasn't positive when I started my master whether I want to do a PhD or not, but I just got so um, involved with my master's project and really liked the group and the topic that if I got the possibility, I decided to stay in the group. Um, it's a group complexity and climate at the um, Center for Marine um, Tropical Research in Bremen. So, um, yeah, it kind of combines complex systems and climate research, like my <laughs> both favorite topics. So, and for me, if I do research about climate topics, I think it's very important to also do outreach activities because the problem is not the knowledge we don't have, it's getting this knowledge to the people, right? Yeah. Did you then have any feedback from the public to your podcast? Yeah, we got like feedback from our friends and families. And because we, of course, advertised our podcast uh, to all of them <laughs> to uh, listen to it. And was also, yeah, I think they, they liked it uh, pretty much. And also the idea of an advanced calendar, like having every day a short uh, episode about polar um, research, um, like in the winter before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and for example, uh, my grandpa was very sad when it was finished and it was the 24th because uh, yeah, the last episode um, was released and uh, there were Aww. no to come <laughs> the next uh, months. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah, but I think your um, podcast name also really fits to the winter time. If I remember yes. correctly, it was Ice Hoch 24, so uh, Ice 24. So having 24 short episodes of ice-related podcast episodes, um, that's a really nice combination of um, telling the people that there is something about ice and climate, but also referring to the Christmas time. Thank you. And yeah. now we are today here to talk about your new podcast project. What is the continuation of your podcast and how did you decide to continue the podcast and what's the new name? Yeah, our new podcast has the name Climbing Climate. We thought a long time about a good name for the podcast and it was hard to decide, but I think we found a very good name. And we are not so much into climbing. Only Ronja is a real climber, I would say. <laughs> the others are not. But uh, climbing is a nice metaphor for describing uh, what happens at the moment in the climate system. For example, CO2 concentrations are climbing very high and temperatures. But also we found out, I don't know how much you know about uh, climbing, but there are different styles of climbing, different mm -hmm. disciplines. And um, also in the climate system, there are different kinds of uh, climbers, <laughs> climate climbers. And yeah, along this metaphor, we want to explain the climate system and what happens at the moment. And also uh, we want to explain what it's like to climb the ladder into science. Yes, and it was kind of fitting that uh, this is the first year that climbing is actually at the Olympic Games with the three disciplines, bouldering, lead climbing and speed climbing. So for everyone climbing, this was quite a big thing. 
It's for me too. Um, and also like climate change is the topic of the year and of the German election probably this year. So um, we thought, yeah, maybe that goes together quite well too. And also it sounds nice. Yeah, I already saw the the new logo of the new podcast and I really liked it. So I can just recommend for everybody to check out the podcast and especially the logo where there's also a climber visible, but also <laughs> the, the CO2 concentration and temperature curve, which is really nice and highlighting the topic of the podcast. What is changing from uh, your previous podcast to the new one? So first of all, the language and the format changes. Um, it's now in English. And Climbing Climber is not an advent calendar anymore, but a podcast um, for the whole year. And it's a more long-term project with several seasons. The first of this seasons will focus on polar science again. Um, and as our scientific work will spread over the different areas in the future, um, future seasons of the podcast will probably cover a wider range of topics in climate science. Yeah, and um, this time also the target audience is primarily um, young people and adults, so not children anymore. Um, so therefore, we also want to have a more critical discussion. So not only deliver some facts, but also get a more critical view on topic. Yes, we want also want to give insights on what is it like to be a physics student, for example, or... Uh, why to choose a PhD or why maybe not and uh, yeah like struggles of our everyday life and uh, thoughts we have while we study the climate system during uh, the climate changing very fast. So you have a, a, an alternation between longer episodes and shorter episodes? Yes, so um, we will have like mini episodes that might be, for example, um, I have a kind of sarcastic comment where I compare missing the 1.5 degree target with missing a bus <laughs> in the evening. And these are going to be released between the longer episodes. So yeah, the waiting doesn't get too long and people can stay tuned. Oh, that's super nice. Especially if the episodes are not that long. Some people really like it if there are shorter snippets in between. Does it also help you to be motivated for your studies? Or is it more kind of a project for your free time besides your work? For me, I can say it uh, really motivates me on uh, what I'm doing. Because I'm not doing it just for myself, but I can tell other people about it and um, can tell other people what I learned and what I think everyone should know or um, everyone should have the opportunity to understand it, um, like what's happening with our climate at the moment. Um, but yeah, also what that means for people. And also, I think the yeah paleo climate is quite interesting. <laughs> it's also... Um, a, part where I am writing my master thesis and like to um, explain um, people the how the climate was in the last some million years uh, to have a comparison for them what it means uh, what happens at the moment yeah and even if it doesn't link to my research at all yet it might be in future episodes it still um, it gives me the feeling of being in science and being able to tell some people something out of science and being a scientist, uh, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, 
yeah, and I still have to get used to the thought of actually becoming a scientist. <laughs> that sounds very cool to me. Um, yeah, it also gives me a different perspective on a different aspect of this whole climate topic, which is good because you sometimes get really stuck with your detail project, <laughs> which is as a really small part. Is there a thing which you can uh, tell me which you didn't know before making the podcast that is now really of interest for you? I learned a lot. I, <laughs> for example, didn't knew that there is something called Danskart Oshka events at all until Yannick told me that they are super cool and that he's going to do an episode about them. <laughs> Yeah, and I think we also learned a lot of stuff, not only in uh, like uh, environmental physics, but also on how to produce a podcast, um, how to use microphones and how to cut episodes. Yeah, how to work as a team. I think um, that was really a great experience. We did this first uh, podcast within, I think, five weeks or something. Uh, we did everything and it was really crazy and it was great to see that um, we could do that as a team and there were really a lot of steps it's not only speaking the podcast and uploading it there are a lot of more steps and we just uh, worked so well together was yes it was kind of good that we had so so little time so we didn't have a lot of planning we just saw as we go and um, developed no skill new skills when we needed them like using um outer city to cut our um audio and yeah um got someone to make a logo for us and yeah, it was kind of everything just happening on the go so it was kind of an adventure Uh, just for the audience uh, you mean the time between deciding to make a project for the creativity contest and then the deadline of the contest yes yes learning how to do a podcast i can agree that that's uh, really in the beginning there are some issues which you didn't know about and then you figure out how to do that and then you think <laughs> that's very easy but yeah there are just some things which you didn't have in mind when you listen to a podcast beforehand how did you spread the tasks in the podcast and um, from developing episodes to recording and cutting and publishing did you have specific persons for one task or was everyone doing everything more or less so we had some like organizational things like who releases the episodes that were like in one hand um, to keep a structure and keep it organized but most of all everyone did kind of everything because everyone wanted to learn everything so like the cutting the writing so everyone had the chance if you have an idea you write an episode about it and then you uh, look for other people maybe to do an interview um, we also learned that doing an interview isn't that easy <laughs> as we thought it would be and that it involves sometimes a lot of cutting in the end um, which we then learned how to do that and how to cut out the M and already see in the audio what's an M without even listening to it. You become yeah. quite an expert <laughs> in the end. <laughs> that was kind of fun. And put everything together. And then, for example, the tenor um, made like the beginning and the end to every episode. Then Hannah had like this final cutting step. But besides that, and we wanted pretty much everything. And I think so every episode has kind of a personal touch of the person that developed it, which is kind of nice. 
Yes, and I, I really like uh, how we do that because it somehow works. Uh, you might think, okay, that's completely chaotic because um, like you don't have responsible persons for specific tasks, only for very important ones. But yeah, everyone can write episodes, uh, what he or she likes and record it or ask other people to record it and someone cuts it uh, and... At the end, everything is uh, in a big picture and fits uh, really well and everything works. That's yeah, was great to see and I think um, will be uh, great to see at the end again, even if now we are struggling maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was no hierarchy at all. That was interesting. <laughs> it worked pretty well without. So there was no group leader in a way to no. that what to do? No. I guess no. it's a special uh, group work and uh, group task to then still yeah. be all in the same part in the end. Yeah, it really depends on the people um, and this combination worked pretty well. <laughs> That brings us to the last bit of the podcast. We call it the project block. And I would like to give you just the opportunity to spend some minutes on just one topic which you would like to bring to the people. We really want to counteract this idea of I don't understand that anyway, this attitude. Because unfortunately, many people see science as something that can only be grabbed by a small elite group. But it concerns our common future as a whole society. And we think like we have the advantage that we are still getting to know the climate and polar research um, together with our listeners. So we are perhaps somewhat closer to our audience and this can make the topics better accessible because we all take a little bit different in our group. We can also maybe offer many different people an entrance into the topics. And that's what we really want to I do like open doors for people to science. Yeah, and yes, and talking about open doors, if you have not heard our German advent calendar ISO 24 last year, or you have heard it but almost forgotten everything, you should listen to it this December again, since as we all know, recycling is very sustainable and the podcast calendar does not produce empty packaging or chocolate papers. So it's a very sustainable way of having a nice advent calendar in your Christmas time. And then at the end of this year, we don't know the dates yet. Um, we will release our new podcast, Climbing Climate. And yeah, you can already click on the subscribe button on Spotify, YouTube or Instagram and can be informed when it starts. That sounds perfect. I will make sure to include the links in the show notes. And I would say that brings us to the end of another episode of Polar Times. Thank you so much for coming to Polar Times. I hope uh, you enjoyed the episode with me. It was very nice to meet you and to chat about uh, climbing climate. And uh, I hope you have a nice evening. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. It was really great experience to be here. Please note that whilst this is an Apex production, the views and opinions expressed by the host and any guests are entirely their own. Do not represent the views or opinions of Apex or any other host institution mentioned.